Hey everybody, this is Mark. Welcome back to another episode of This Poor Pastor's Podcast. Today, we are going to discuss the second part that I left you hanging on last week, three C's of successful community. We're going to talk about that all-important point, community requires compromise. Maybe you think compromise is a dirty word. Maybe you think we should never compromise. The reality is you compromise every day in communities that matter to you. The question is when and how often and when is compromise not possible? That's what we're going to talk about today. Thanks for being with me. We'll get into it in just a moment. I think I just left the word in off. You're trying to time your openings to go along with your, you know, your intro music and I think I left off the word in. Should never leave prepositions off, I guess. Anyway, Hope you guys had a good week. I really enjoyed the feedback I got from last week's episode. This is, to me, a really interesting topic. Uh, maybe it's not to, to everybody, but okay. Community matters. We are created for community. Church communities are no different, and this has been something that really has been on my mind a lot. I recently went on vacation and had an opportunity to sit and think some of these things through. Vacations are a good time to get away, to process, to think, to meditate. Meditation is a lost art, um, at least in my life. I don't want to make the mistake of thinking that just because something is the case in my life, that it is the case in everyone's life. But meditation requires quiet. Meditation requires time. And both of those things are sadly lacking in my life far too often. But I did have some time over our vacation to think about it. So I want to pick up where we left off last week. I may back up just a little bit and uh, go over the the previous two points quickly because we covered them in fairly good detail last week. But just to remind you, again, starting on the premise that we are created for community, we are not created. We are individuals but we were created as uh, with the purpose of community, right? From the very beginning of the Bible, we see that um, it is a curse. It is a bad thing for someone to be alone. We have Genesis where God looked at Adam in a world that he had so far pronounced as very good. And the first thing that he said was not good is that Adam was alone. He said, it's not good to leave this guy alone. I'm going to make someone for him, a helpmate for him. We have Solomon in Ecclesiastes, uh, arguably a very cynical book, no doubt, but still he said, let me tell you something that's not good. Let me tell you an emptiness, a vanity, a bad thing that happens in the world, and that's when one, there's one alone and there is not another. Someone says, well, I can do what I need to do all by myself. I won't argue with you about that. I'll just simply say two are better than one, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. Community matters because we can't always be strong enough by ourselves. We need other people in our lives. So the question is, where do I find this community and how do I develop it? How do I maintain it? And when do I need to consider walking away from this kind of community? Uh, Is there a time when communities dissolve naturally? Is there a time when I, as a part of a community, should extricate myself from that community? Can I be a member of more than one community at a time? These are all good questions. 
I think you can definitely be a member of more than one community at a time. For example, if you are a member of a faith community at a church and you're and you have a family, a biological family, that's a second community and then you are part of your work community. You can be simultaneously part of all three of those communities and they don't necessarily all have to have the same core value. Um, but they certainly cannot have competing values. Otherwise, um, you you wouldn't be able to to be a member of all three of them. We'll talk about that here again a little bit a, a little bit in detail. I'm having trouble with my words. I'm just having trouble. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. What's happening is I'm thinking about something that I need to do a little bit later instead of focusing on what I'm talking about, and I should never, ever do that. We should try to devote our entire attention to the task at hand. So apologies, let's, let's keep going here. The first two things we talked about last week is in order for there to be any community at all, there needs to be common core values, something that binds the community together. Uh, I think last week we gave the example of the Second Amendment. You know, that could be a common core value. Look around you. Any community that you find, that you see, is going to be initially built on a set of core values. Now, communities can have a lot of things that they believe, but if you start, uh, you know, peeling away the layers of the onion, eventually you're going to get to the non-negotiables, the thing that is required for this community to function as a community. And if this is violated, the community no longer exists. So common core values. I think a good biblical verse, a biblical principle is Amos 3.3, can two walk together except they be agreed. It doesn't mean they have to be agreed on every single issue of life, but they they have to be heading in the same direction in this area. Uh, okay, so you could have you could have an atheist and a Christian members of a community focused on the importance of the Second Amendment. They disagree on spiritual things, but they can agree on this value. And as long as their community of the Second Amendment doesn't also bring into it atheistic or Christian values, there's no reason to think that those two people cannot exist in a community centered around the Second Amendment. Uh, as, as, and so we'll get to compromise here in a little while. But again, so you can have you can uh, have different people from different backgrounds in a community, but. Eventually, if the community is to last, there has to be a core value that holds them all together, all right? And it needs to be something that they, that they are committed to, which is the second thing. You have to have core values. Secondly, there has to be commitment to those values, right? They have to be willing to commit to the core values. Whatever other disagreements we may have, we are unified in this commitment. My wife and I have many things we disagree upon. Uh, I'm a coffee drinker. She hates coffee. She's a tea drinker. Now, I had this vision in my mind of marrying a woman, and as we got older and, uh, and as our kids were growing and maybe in retirement, we'd sit around on the deck somewhere overlooking a lake and sip a cup of coffee together, and that was just, that was a picture in my mind. I should have married a woman who liked coffee if I wanted. I thought I'd be able to convince my wife to like coffee. It's never going to happen. My wife is never going to like coffee. At least it doesn't appear that way. So we have a very stark disagreement on, uh, on coffee or tea. My wife hates white vehicles. Don't ask me why. 
I could give you some ideas. Don't ask me why she hates white vehicles, but she despises white vehicles. And if we're, I couldn't, I couldn't care less about the color of the vehicle. That I want to know if the vehicle drives, if it'll start up when I turn the key, and if it'll get me where I'm trying to go. I don't care anything about the color of a vehicle. But my wife has some very strong opinions about the color of a vehicle, so we have a disagreement about that. And yet we can exist together in community. My wife and I disagree on shrimp and most seafood. I'm not a seafood eater. She loves seafood. She loves shrimp. I have tried to like shrimp for, for, the, for her sake, but I cannot stand it. So when I'm gone on a trip, she will, eat, she will eat shrimp and she doesn't eat it and prepare it for dinner when I'm home. And that's a little bit of a compromise, which we'll get to in the third, in the third point here. But again, All of these differences can exist, and my wife and I can maintain a community uh, of two because none of those things are our core values. Now, had I decided, had we agreed that a core value of our marriage was our mutual love of shrimp, and then one of us decided we no longer liked shrimp, that would endanger our core value. But our core value is our love and commitment to each other, and our love and commitment to Jesus Christ. That is our core value. We made a commitment to love one another, knowing that we did not agree on everything, and we can still have community. You Listen to this very carefully. You and I, I don't care if the community is as small as two, we are never going to find a community in which we agree on every single thing. If you, excuse me, I'm hiccuping. If you do find such a community, in my opinion, everyone is either lying to each other or you are in a cult and people have been brainwashed. Okay, Individuals are going to have a vast array of different opinions on a wide range of issues in any community. But that doesn't mean the community needs to dissolve if that community is centered around a set of core values, there can be a wide range of differences and still maintain a community. Okay? So, every community, one, we're created for a community. That's the, that's the thesis. That's the main thing. I mean, we are created for a community. If we're going to find a community, we need to look for a community that shares our core values or that shares values as their core that we can, uh, you know, buy into. Uh, If I'm going to go get a job, I want to find out about this company. I don't just want to know what they're paying me. Well, I just want a company that pays me well. Well, you can go work for the mob. So, no, I disagree with the mob's core values. Right. So money's not all that matters. So you don't want to work for a company that has values that you disagree with at at a core level. That's a, that's a recipe for disaster. So I want to know, is this company, are they ethical? Do they share uh, the, at their core? Can I support their messaging and their core values? It doesn't mean I need to agree with every decision the corporate company makes, but it does mean I have to agree with those core values. It's the same with the church. If you're looking for a community of faith, and I highly recommend that if you're not part of one, you do look for one. And you look for one that has core values. Sometimes they call this their statement of faith. Sometimes this is called a purpose statement. Sometimes it's called a church covenant. Find out what are the non-negotiables. What is the thing that defines this group? What is your purpose? Where is it written down, if it is written down? And ask yourself whether or not you can agree to those core values. 
okay? And if they, ha- if they share common core values, then you can think maybe this is a, a, an organization that I can uh, sign on to. Again, that doesn't mean there won't be a wide range of areas and things that you might disagree on. This is no different than the scripture. The Apostle Paul said that we're not to uh, um, esteem ourselves better than our brother, that sometimes we're to look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Romans 14 and 1 Corinthians, he talks about um, give and take in certain areas of different beliefs and opinions about different things. And so there can be a wide range. This is why we're told to have fervent charity among ourselves. I think Peter said that in 1 Peter, um, because Charity covers a multitude of sins, a multitude of offenses, a multitude of disagreements. If Christian community meant never having a disagreement, there would never have been a reason for Jesus to say, forgive one another. The Apostle Paul would never have had to say, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, if everyone in the Christian community followed Paul's admonition. Okay, think about this for a minute. If everyone was was kind to one another, there would be nothing to forgive. But community does involve disagreements, offenses, differences of opinion, and it's important to be charitable, to be kind, to be loving, to be long-suffering, all of these things. I was uh, recently watching, again, the uh, Chosen series with my daughter. We're watching, my wife and I are watching it with her and discussing areas where they, they deviate from Scripture, but also some very, very positive things about that. Um, but we were watching it, and I think the very last episode of chapter two, of uh, season two, where Matthew, the character of Matthew asks uh, the character of Jesus, you know, whether it's unfortunate that his disciples are, um, are, are, are disagreeing with it and fighting with one another. And Jesus said, it's, it's uh, expected. And Matthew said something like, but certainly not desirable. And Jesus said, no, it's not, it's not desirable, but it is expected. Now, this is not a conversation that we have record of in Scripture. This is um, dramatic license, creative license. But it's, it was a good point because then the character who plays Jesus goes on to say that you know, when you when you start something that's open to all kinds of people, you're going to have a difference of opinion. But the core value is their love for Jesus Christ. So this is why Jesus said the core value of his people should be love God and love your neighbor as yourself. If you can do that, the Apostle Paul said, love worketh no ill will to his neighbor, so then love is the fulfilling of the law. Now, as wonderful as that sounds, does that mean then that no, that no community of believers should ever dissolve and that there's never a time for you to leave a community? The answer to that, both of those questions, is no. In order for a community to remain cohesive, it takes this third principle. And I'm halfway through, and I'm just now getting to it. But I want to lay that groundwork in case this was the first episode you heard. The third and most important thing, in my opinion, uh, to maintain a community is compromise. You have to have commitment to the values, yes, but then you need compromise among the members of the community. Community requires compromise. I want you to burn that into your brain. Put it on your social media status update. Community requires compromise. It should be burned into the minds of every member of any community that desires to last. 
I think in a way this this third principle is an extension of the of the of the second principle, you know, commitment to to values, but then a commitment to uh, to compromise amongst the members. It's it, and I think, but I wanted to give it its own section because it's really important. Compromise is not a dirty word. There is good compromise and there is bad compromise. A lot of people who use the word compromise use it as if it's a bad thing. And they're using the definition that means to weaken, as in a compromised mission. The mission was compromised, or a structure of a bridge being compromised. Of course, those are bad things, anything that undermines the structure. I would say, from my perspective, that compromise in the bad sense for a community would be undermining the core values. That would be compromising the community. That is not the same as compromise between members of the community. Disagreements are going to arise in any community that you're a part of. How those disagreements are handled will decide either the fate of the community as a whole or whether each individual or group of members remain part of the community or not. For the community to exist long term, all of the other points above being followed, compromise is still going to be necessary. So last week we talked about Jim and Bob and their organization around the Second, commend, uh, second um, Amendment. Uh, so let's go back to that. Let's say they start their community based on their commitment to the Second Amendment. And let's say in the first month they add 10 new members to their community. Its community is growing. That's great. But then Jim decides to get together at his, to, that a get-together at, at his house would be a really great idea, right? And Bob agrees. So far, so good. Then a problem arises because Jim suggests pizza. Bob disagrees. He says, nah, Chinese food is better than pizza. Now, then they have a disagreement and a compromise is going to be needed. Remember, a compromise is an agreement between two parties agreeing to abide by the decision of a third party. So if this meeting is going to take place and if the unity of the community is to be maintained, Bob and Jim are going to have to arrive at a compromise. Jim wants pizza, Bob wants Chinese takeout. What are they going to do? They actually have several options for this compromise and probably more than I'm even going to list. But for example, Bob could decide that it's not worth arguing over and allow Jim to have pizza. So he's arrived at a compromise and the unity is maintained. Bob's not getting what he wants, but he, he's not making an issue out of it either. Or Jim or Bob can suggest that they have pizza this time so long as they have Chinese the next time. And then they both agree. Now, technically, this is a third party agreement because Jim is party one. Bob is party two. When they together come to a, to a decision that they can agree upon, then they together form a, a third party. Uh, so two of them together is a third entity. Uh, another option is Jim and Bob can't reach agreement. So they ask Tim, a recent member, to decide for them and agree to whatever he decides. Again, classical third party um, uh, not, not running interference. What's the, what's the legal word uh, I'm looking for? Um, mediation, classic third party mediation. The point is, no matter how the compromise is reached, the important thing is that it is reached if the unity of the community is going to be maintained. Now, no community is probably going to dissolve over this one disagreement. Even if Jim forces pizza on an unwilling Bob, it's probably not going to destroy the community that time. But if a pattern of such behavior continues, 
and Jim continues to demand his own way disregarding Bob's feelings, the community between Jim and Bob is not going to last very long. They can both maintain their commitment to the core value of defending the Second Amendment, but if there is no willingness to compromise on other issues not core to the community, it can still cause a break in the community and a disillusion either of the entire community or uh, the, the excising of one member of the community from the rest of the community uh, because of that disagreement. In any community, listen to me, uh, men, women, guys, gals, in any community, churches are no exception. Churches are definitely not an exception. There are going to be thousands of times that such compromises are going to be necessary. No amount of compromise is a bad thing, except in one exception. And that is if the compromise involves undermining the community's core values. So you can literally have an unlimited number of compromises, and any successful community will have an unlimited number of compromises, as long as it does not undermine or compromise the integrity of the community by weakening and attacking the core values. This is why it is so important to know the core values of any community that you are part of be it a community of faith, a church, um, a marriage. When two people join in marriage, it... Okay, this is an adult podcast, so if you have children listening, maybe turn it down for just a moment or skip ahead for about 60 seconds. This is why getting married on the basis of how good the sex is prior to marriage, um, which, you know, setting aside that that's not a biblical thing, but... If, it, if two people say, you know, we have such good sex that we're going to base our entire marriage off of this, that would be, I think, a horrible beginning because sooner or later, uh, there's going to be something that's going to interfere with that. And if that's the entire basis, which I would submit to you, physical intimacy is a core value and a, and a reason for many people to join together in marriage. And that's why many marriages don't last because when that is gone, then there's no more core value and everything else uh, falls apart. So whether it's a marriage, whether it's a job, whether it's a community of faith, whether it's a little league team that you want to join, you need to make sure that the underlying core values are something that you can buy into. You need to make sure that you and the other members of the community are genuinely committed to those things. Then you need to be willing to make compromises. And compromise is not just a one-way street but make compromises for the sake of unity and the sake of pursuing those core values. Now, consider, again, the, the words of the Apostle Paul when he was writing to a community of Christians at Corinth, a, a community that was threatened with dissolution, I think, due to the conflict and unwillingness to compromise. This is why um, the Apostle, uh, excuse me, uh, the church at Rome, when, when Paul said in Romans 15, um, verses 1 through 3, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it was written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. Um, in any community of Christians, we are we are committed to the core values, and then we should be committed to each other to the extent that we are willing to make compromises where necessary to maintain the community if that community is one that we value and we would like to see go forward. Compromise should exist and must exist in every community if there's any hope of it lasting. 
Now, compromise among members can exist in a lot of areas and still hold fast to the commitment of core values. If compromise becomes impossible, which it sometimes will, then either the community is going to necessarily dissolve or individual members will sever ties with that community. Listen, people change their minds about things. Values do shift. I know no one wants to agree with that, but values do shift. Organizations do change over time. Whether or not the organization as a whole begins to shift and change their core values, or whether you as a member of that organization begin to change your core values, or if disagreements arise on non-core issues, but things that we're just not willing to compromise on and compromise for whatever the reason becomes impossible, then the community or part of the community is going to dissolve. Um, you know, we've all heard stories of We've all heard stories of churches that split over the color of the carpet. Some of us say, well, that is just silly. I agree with you. It's incredibly silly, but it happens. Why? Because compromise became impossible. Every pastor who has tried to lead people knows how difficult this is. And pastors are not unique in this. Any CEO or manager or boss knows the challenge. It's like herding cats, right? Um, but sometimes getting people to lay aside their own preferences and personal opinions and make a compromise for the good of the community, sometimes people are just so selfish and self-centered that compromise becomes impossible. Sometimes communities need to dissolve because the, the values have changed. You should never, this is my opinion, you should never join a community with whom you are not in agreement on the core values. That being said, you should never stay in a community in which either your core values or their core values have shifted and you are now no longer in agreement. I don't care how long you've been a member of that community. I think it's good to fight for the core values of a community. I think discussion and even some argument is, is good and necessary from time to time. But when it becomes necessary that the core values of the community have been compromised, then it may be time for you to, to leave. So there are times that people need to leave a church. That doesn't make either the church or the individual who leaves it sinful or wrong. It can, but it doesn't have to. This is just about core values. For example, we had, a, we had someone join our church when I was in North Carolina, and they, 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 they said that they were in agreement with our core values, and things were okay for about a, about a year. And then, uh, then I did a, a vision night one night. I don't do that anymore, but we did a vision night one, one year. And I laid out uh, the, the leadership's plan for the next year. Basically, you know, here's what our values are and here's why we're doing that. Now, maybe I hadn't done a good job of representing our core values. Maybe they hadn't really been honest when they said they agreed with the core values. But that night, they got it. They understood what we were all about. And I received an email from, from the wife of the group saying, you know, after last night's meeting, it's become obvious that our values are not the same. It's not that they thought we were sinful, and it's not what they wanted to do was sinful, but their idea of the core value of a church was different than, our, than mine, the leaderships, and the, and the core structure of our church. And so it became necessary for that, uh, for that community to dissolve. 
However, we were both still part of the larger Christian community, and so we maintained, to whatever degree possible, a healthy relationship. Those people remained friends with many of the folks in our church. Uh, They didn't stay friends with me. That's a whole other issue, but it happens mostly with pastors. But again, if your core values are different than the core values of of the organization or the organization's values are different than yours, obviously you're going to need to seek a community with which you can be in agreement. But do not join a community, no matter what benefits exist by being a member of that community. This is where a lot of people, I think, make a huge error. They join a church or a community or or take a job because of the benefits that are being offered. And the salary, or the you know, if it's a job, for example, or they marry a girl or a guy because he's just so good looking, or she's just hot, and you know, I can't wait to just you know be intimate with them forever and ever and ever, and not not even stopping to think. That's not a good way to to base. They're, they're, and but then they get married and find out we don't agree on anything. Well, the community's not going to not going to last very long. It is important to know your core values, know what they are. If somebody were to ask you, what's important to you? What is your core value? What do you think the core values of, the, of a church community should be? Find that out and then make sure that you are uh, committed to it, committed to the values. Then be willing to compromise among the members of that community for the good of the community. How much should you compromise? An unlimited amount, so long as it is not undermining your core values. But if the compromises you're being asked to make seem to be only one-sided and the community you're a part of never seems to want to make compromises for you as a member of the community, it may be time to consider going somewhere else. Community requires compromise. Three C's of a successful community. Core values, commitment to the core values, and compromise among members of the community. Listen, we've only spent an hour on this. I could teach a whole series. I am going to teach a whole series on this in our church, but I hope it's been helpful to you. Thank you so much for listening. God willing, I'll be back next week with another episode. Have a great week, everybody.